You're listening to the Flow on Effect podcast, a podcast that is intended to educate women about pelvic floor and pregnancy-related conditions, presented by two physiotherapists, Charlotte and Heidi, who specialise in the area of pelvic floor and are based in Sydney's Sutherland Shire. Materials and content in this podcast are intended as general information only and should not be substituted for individualised medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Hey guys, it's Heidi and Charlotte. Welcome back to our podcast where we discuss all things women's health. So this week we've had a bunch of questions come through on our socials where you guys are asking about prolapse and which is pelvic organ prolapse that we're talking about. So today I'm going to get Charlotte to answer some of your questions. So let's start with what is a prolapse? So a prolapse is where one or more of your pelvic organs, so that's your bladder, uterus or bowel, herniates down into the vaginal wall. So are those the different types that we're talking about or what are the different types? Yeah, so they're the three main types. So when your bladder's prolapsing, that pushes down on the anterior wall, so the front wall of your vagina. So we call that an anterior wall prolapse. The old terminology is also called a cystocele. Then you have a posterior wall prolapse. So if the bowel, the rectum is prolapsing, it'll push on the posterior wall. That's also called a rectocele. And then the third main type is a uterine prolapse. So that's when the uterus is herniating directly down into the vagina. So can someone have just one of those or do you sometimes see that they can have one, two, or three. Yeah, so it really, really varies. So you can have one, you can have two, or you can have all three. Yeah, right. And so how common is prolapse? So all the latest kind of research shows us that prolapse is really, really common. It's more common than people think. So one in two women that have ever had a baby, so that's either vaginal or cesarean, have some degree of prolapse symptoms at some point in their life. So it's pretty common. And so if someone has had a prolapse, are they all considered the same or are there different stages and degrees of of prolapse? So there's definitely different stages and everyone kind of sees prolapse as a really scary term. Mm. But some people's prolapses can be quite mild. So we grade them in four stages. So a stage one prolapse is still quite high. A lot of women after a vaginal delivery have probably a stage one, but they would never feel it. Yeah. A stage two is where it's coming down a little bit. We can definitely see it. A stage three is where the prolapse is at the vaginal entrance. And then a stage four is where the prolapse is outside of the body. So women are much more likely to feel that bulge or like a sensation of something yeah side if they've got more like a three or a four definitely so a three or a four you're definitely going to be feeling it but having said that it's so kind of independent so Mm. some women have a stage one and they'll feel so symptomatic and then I've seen women in the clinic with a stage three and they'd never know it's there so it's really just dependent on how your body kind of responds to it and so is there anything that can cause like we've talked about vaginal deliveries um what I guess, what causes the prolapse? So really anything that has kind of downward pressure or downward strain on the pelvic floor. So definitely vaginal birth. Mm. Pregnancy, because if you think you carry a baby on top of your pelvic floor for nine months, that baby can get heavy. So normally by the end of the nine months, it's at least three kilos. So pregnancy alone can cause a prolapse. 
Another thing is constipation. Mm. So definitely constipation postpartum is a big one. But if someone suffers from chronic constipation and hasn't had a baby, they can still be at quite high risk. Other things are kind of respiratory conditions. So kind of people with coughs, long-term kind of issues like that, then they can get a prolapse. Or other things like heavy lifting. If your job involves like lifting heavy all the time, that can put you at risk for getting a prolapse. So a woman who hasn't given birth vaginally, so has had a C-section, or even someone who hasn't given birth could still get a prolapse? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So people aren't aware of that. So that's why pelvic floor and pelvic health is so important Mm. for every female. Yeah. And so how might someone know, so women listening to our podcast, how might they know if they've got a prolapse? What symptoms might they be feeling? So generally the biggest symptom is like a heavy dragging sensation in the vagina, but this sensation can also be felt in the abdomen or the lower back. Mm. Generally you can have like a palpable bulge, so they'll be able to feel it in the vagina. Prolapse can cause kind of incomplete emptying of the bladder. So you might urinate and go to the bathroom and then feel like you need to go straight away. Same with the bowel. It can cause incomplete emptying of the bowel. So you feel like you can't get all your poo out. Um, Another thing is pain with sex. So more common with a uterine prolapse because he can kind of physically hit that, which can be uncomfortable. They're the main symptoms we see in the clinic. So if we touch on going back to, you mentioned women who have lower back pain can actually be coming from a prolapse. Um, What, like if they've had, they might've had physio treatment in the clinic for their lower back pain and it might not be resolving. Is that something that you see in the clinic that someone might come into you for a women's health assessment and then you realize that their prolapse is actually causing their lower back pain? Yeah, definitely. So the way that kind of a prolapse works is your your organs are held up by ligaments and fascia. So those ligaments and fascia are kind of connected to up where your lower back is. So if you have a prolapse and it's coming down and straining on those areas, mm-hmm. then that can be what causes that pain in the back. Yeah. So it's definitely worth getting an assessment to see if it could be your prolapse so in the clinic how do we actually assess for prolapse in a women's health setting so really the only way we can assess for it is to do a really detailed internal vaginal exam so generally we get women on the bed and we use an instrument like a speculum which allows us to apply pressure down onto the back wall of your vagina And then we always get you to push. So we call that a Valsalva. So the reason we get you to push is so that we can see the descent of the organs and we can see the grade that your prolapse is coming down to. Pushing on the back wall allows us to see the bladder coming down, but then we also need to push on the front wall, which can allow us to see the bowel, the rectum coming down. And then how we normally assess for the cervix is we feel the position of your cervix and then on that Valsalva, we see how far it's coming down. Yeah. So for some women, a prolapse can't be seen doing that and it can't be seen kind of lying on your back. But if someone comes in and they've had prolapse symptoms and I can't see it, then another way is to check you in standing. So this can be quite confronting for women in the clinic because we as physios have to kind of get right underneath you. But that allows us to see that there is something 
coming down. So that can be a really, really important way to check a lot of women's prolapses. because yeah, then we've got body weight sitting on the pelvic floor as well, so we can yeah. see a lot more of that movement more easily. And I think that's where, like, a, a lot of people get checks or even checks with kind of GPs and they don't do the Valsalva and they can't see anything and then they're just kind of brushed off as if you don't have anything. But yeah. a lot of women come to see me and they know something's wrong. Yeah. So we need to try and investigate it. Yeah. So if we do assess someone to have a prolapse, what treatment options are there for those women? So the main role of treatment is to increase upward support. So the number one thing to do is pelvic floor exercises Mm -hmm. because your pelvic floor is trying to aid those ligaments and fascia at supporting all of your organs. So that's the number one treatment. We always get women to do a progressive pelvic floor strengthening program. Other things we use are minimizing the downward pressure, so really managing constipation, Mm. managing respiratory issues can help. And then the role of a pessary. So pessaries are a really good option for some women. So a pessary is a silicon device that we as physios can insert into the vagina and we can teach women how to insert it themselves. And it can act as that kind of second support and act as that backstop. So that can be a really good option as well. Yeah, so we'll probably do a completely separate podcast going through pessaries because yes. there's so much <laughs> there's a that lot. we can talk about and um, discuss with their use and the pros and cons of using a pessary we definitely um, and love how pessaries. long they're left in for and all those sorts of things. So we'll come back to that on another episode. Yeah. Um, so I guess if someone does use a pessary though, can it actually fix their prolapse to the point where they don't have to wear it anymore? So that's a really tricky question. So there's been some really promising research lately that shows if a pessary is worn long term, so for 12 months or more, that the prolapse might improve slightly by a stage, um, which is really promising. Um, It's not going to completely fix the prolapse, but it can definitely make your symptoms feel so much better. And particularly postpartum where like if you're still breastfeeding and all your hormones are making your connective tissue looser and it's still kind of knitting back together, then postpartum wearing a pessary, there's the potential for that tissue, like connective tissue to be held up and then connecting back in a tighter position to actually allow that organ to sit up a little bit higher, which is, yeah, promising, but we don't exactly have the the research research to be able to say, yes, it definitely does just yet. But it definitely, we know it makes you feel better. Yeah. It can make you kind of do the exercise you want to do sooner. Mm. Um, So we talked about pessaries. What about surgical options? Are there any surgical options for women with prolapse? Yeah, so there's lots of different surgical options. And if conservative management fails, so if you've been doing your pelvic floor for six months or more, if you've tried pessaries and they haven't worked, then, yeah, of course, there are options for surgery. And these surgeries can be life-changing for some women. But I think it's definitely really important to try all conservative measures first. Yeah. And so is there anything specific exercise-wise that if a woman knows that she's got a prolapse that she needs to avoid forever? So this is a controversial topic. Really kind of my approach and Heidi's approach as Mm. well is we never would want to say a definite, you can never do this type of exercise again. Um, We go off symptoms. So you need to build up to what type of exercise you want to do. So always start with 
pelvic floor Mm. but then if you want to be able to do kind of some heavier weights or some running then we we slowly build you up and see how your pelvic floor and your prolapse kind of tolerates that yeah doing it you have to strip it back a little bit um and sometimes you can't so for some women they may not be able to but there's definitely no blanket. You can never run again or you can never lift weights again. Experience. But pessaries, again, are a great option for people to be able to do what they want to do, essentially. And I guess objectively, like if they're using a pessary and they're doing an exercise and their pessary becomes loose or starts to slip out, then they know that that pressure that they're putting through their pelvic floor is potentially too much for them. Exactly. It's like a good feedback option. Yeah. Okay, so that covers all of your questions that we've received this week. So if you have any further questions, just reach out to us on our social media and we'll be back next week with another episode on a completely different topic. See See you then. Bye.